Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. When they talk about Christmas, the first thing that comes to their mind is Father Christmas or Santa Claus. And then the lights. And then the Christmas tree. And then the food and partying. And then, to make it a bit churchy, they bring Mary, Jesus, baby Jesus, Joseph, three wise men, shepherds watch their flocks by night, angels come to sing, the manger, and possibly maybe King Herod, but they don't add in too much. (laughs) And that's Christmas. Now, if we strip away this, the baby, Mary, Joseph, Manger, three wise men. Can we still have Christmas? Because in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, Matthew starts with the genealogy of Jesus. And then he goes into how Mary got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then chapter 2 talks about the birth of Jesus Christ, how he was born, how an angel told them to take, the wise men came, and then angel told them to take Jesus, told Joseph to take baby Jesus to Egypt. And then afterwards, when Herod died, verse 18, chapter 2, they asked him to bring them back, and they went and settled in Nazareth in the regions of Galilee. And then it goes on to chapter 3, where baptism, John the Baptist, and then he got baptized, chapter 4, where he went to the wilderness to pray. And then chapter 5, he came from the wilderness after fasting and prayer to, to start his ministry at the end of chapter 4. Then chapter 5, ministry, 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 ministry. But it starts with the birth of Jesus, All right, so, which is important. I'll explain why it is important. And then Mark comes in, Matthew, Mark. Mark comes in, he says, I don't have time. Me, I want action. That's the shortest of all the Gospels. Matthew is about 28 chapters. Matthew is 28 chapters. Mark. Luke is um, 24 chapters. John is 21 chapters. But Mark is just 16 chapters. You go, he didn't have too much time. Most of the time you hear Mark say, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. Immediately. Suddenly. He doesn't have time. So you have everything. You want to know what time. Suddenly. Suddenly. Well, there are some accounts in Luke and Matthew, which when you read, you can see that they take their time to explain things. But Mark didn't have time. He said, tell me straightforward, what's the end result? So Mark just comes in and he says, that, you know, I don't want to talk about who gave birth to him, how he was born, how he appeared. I just want to talk about how he started his ministry. So he was introduced. Mark starts with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist comes to introduce Jesus, and Jesus starts his ministry. And then Luke comes in and he says that I want to take my time and explain everything. So Luke starts with the same, he didn't start with the genealogy of Jesus, but it's actually, Luke actually starts with Zachariah and the wife. How they were, they were, Zachariah was busy serving, and angel says that your wife is barren, you have a child, he will, he will produce a child for you. And Zachariah said, ha, I'm too old, my wife can't have a child. And the angel said, you are supposed to be a church leader. You are supposed to be a preacher. And if you can't believe God, you, you are not authorized to speak anymore on God's behalf until you start believing. So he became dumb. Because what is the usefulness of a, a, a preacher who can't believe God? 
It is a risk to his hearers. <laughs> so they silenced him. So his wife gave birth and he believed. And then he. So then Mary got pregnant by the angel, came and announced to him that Mary will be pregnant. Mary got pregnant. So Luke starts like that. Let me not go too much into that. Luke tells us about then Jesus got baptized by John in Luke chapter 3. And then from Luke chapter 3, after his baptism, he didn't even talk about the wilderness. Luke, after his baptism, then talks about the genealogy of Jesus, how the root of Jesus, Jesus, and he traces straight to Adam. Very interesting. Now, then John comes in. John says that, you know what? There is Christmas. John talks about Christmas. But he said, I don't have time to talk about Christmas according to human perspective. I want to talk about Christmas from heaven's perspective. So when I say a Christmas without a baby, I'm talking about Christmas from heaven's perspective. Because that one who was born, the child who was unto us a child is born. He's not, he's just, he's not just a child who was born, but he's a son who has been given. So he has always been before he was born. The only man who chose his date of birth. Wow. <laughs> you didn't get it. The only person who chose to be born. You didn't have involvement in your selection where you were born. Your mother just gave birth to you. Some of it was planned. Some of it was not even planned. But the good news is that you are a a victor. You made it. Shout hallelujah. And so, John starts by saying that in the beginning was the word. And the word was actually with God. And the word, even though the word was with God, yet the word was God, Trinity. So he was trying to say God is not one. God is God, one God, but another person and another person. So in John chapter 1, he said in the beginning, before everything began, the word was and the word was with God with that means God was there and the word was there and yet he says that this word which was with God was God Ooh. and he says that all things all things were made through the word all things so that's positive. All things. Then he spoke about the negative side. And there was not anything made that was made without him. <laughs> the word. So for you to give birth to him, how can a creator be given birth to by a creature? That's what makes Christmas different. Because he was not only the only one born. A lot of other people were born. And there's nothing exceptional about them. That's why we don't celebrate. So if Christmas is just about a birth, just birth, someone giving birth, then why do you have to celebrate it? If it's just about a mother and baby and someone being born in a manger because there was no room in the inn for him, men have never always had room for Jesus. Remember that. The men don't have room for him. So don't, you see, your Christian life, don't be surprised. People have problems. Some people who have even called themselves Christians, they are surprised at the way you want to serve God. If you want to serve God fully and do this Jesus thing seriously, some friends will have problems with you. Some family members will have problems with you. Some neighbors will have problems with you. They will tell you, some will tell you this thing, you are taking it too much. 
it's just church just go to church and come just church. no no it's not church it's your life to them it's just religious activities by you it's your life until it becomes your life you have not started so men don't never have had room for him bible says for the in luke chapter two for there is no room in the inn for him so he ended up being born in a manger and he was born and they put him in a feeding throw what the sheep eats from they put him inside because he came to be food for the sheep oh i feel like preaching and pastor as soon as this sheep food as soon as this sheep food who himself is also the lamb as soon as he arrived the angels went to the shepherds and told the pastors <laughs> the angels went to the pastors not the king not the experts not the doctors he went to the pastors who is your pastor who is your pastor God will not come to you in spite of who your pastor is. There are certain things where God has to do with you. He will send you to a certain pastor. And you have to stay faithful and serve for a long time because God said, I will give them pastors. You don't choose your pastor. God gives you your pastor. So he said, the angels while shepherds the word shepherds greek word boy men the same as pastors so you can put it this why pastors watch their flock by night while seated uh, while shepherds watch their flock uh, all seated on their ground the angel of the lord came down and told them that there has been born in the city of david this day again he went to tell pastors god likes pastors oh don't join the people who have been attacking pastors. <laughs> so the, the, the angels went to them. And so most people, if you take away Mary, as just, it's Christmas, not Mary. Some people ask for them, it's Father Christmas. They won. Can you imagine? It's a personality in Christmas who competes with the personality of Christmas. Since Christmas, they started Christmas, even though it's not in the Bible. Since they started Christmas, there's this one. All his contribution to the whole world is yo ho ho, Father Christmas. That's all he has given. <laughs> ho ho ho, sorry. Ho ho ho. That's all. And imagine how he has survived these generations. But ho ho ho. That's all. When I got to the airport, there were planes and people were wearing dressed like Father Christmas. I was thinking that maybe somebody who can also dress like Jesus. It's Christmas Day. Who is he about? is it about your Christmas gift must be you are drawing somebody to Jesus so Father Christmas and all that so when you take away Mary and the manger out of Christmas a lot of people have problems do you know why because can I have the two of you please is that okay so please stand, one should stand behind the other one. Stand, no, yeah, no, face me, say. Yeah, stand there. You see, so this is Christmas as we see. Many people. But they don't know the Christ behind the mass. 
So Mary, the nativity, all the stories, the Christmas story, how uh, an angel visited Joseph and all that. If you take that away, some people go away with it. Because there can't be Christmas for some people. But for those of us who know him, if you take all this thing away, you haven't changed any. In fact, you have actually helped us. <laughs> you have actually helped us. So this morning, what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that can we go past the whole rasmatas and all the whole celebration things and nice things about Christmas? Can we go past it to the person of Christ. Now, how, in what way are we doing that? It's, you can't do that till you know who Christ is. If you don't know who Christ is, how can you celebrate Christmas? You must know Christ. So John, the writer, the Gospel of John, John said Matthew uh, is very good because what Matthew this is necessary, what Luke did is necessary. But he said, listen, can I strip away all the human elements of Christmas and go, let's cut to the chase. Let's go straight to the point. So he comes and he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him verse 4 in him is life and the life is the light of men the light shines in darkness and darkness can't handle the light there was a man don't you mention a man you see he's been talking about personality but has never introduced any human being yet he hasn't introduced any human being. All what he's talking about is the person. There's somebody. There's somebody. There's somebody. But he never mentioned any man. Then verse 6, he said, there, is, there was a man. He said, I don't need Mary at the moment. There is a man sent from God. His name is John. The same came to bear witness of the light that all through him might... Uh-oh. Might do what? Yeah. John's assignment is to help us to believe. Believe what? Believe in him. Then when, when you go down, 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 it comes to talk about as many as believe you give them the right to become the children of God, not according, verse 12, and then born not according to the will of man, but the will of God. Just, and then verse 14 now says that let's talk about his appearance. But I want to introduce his appearance without mentioning Mary, baby, angel, shepherds, wise men, the wise men, they are not three for your information. Bible never said they are three. It's not three wise men. Don't mind all those people. Wise men, manger. I want to talk about his arrival without all that. From heaven's perspective, this Jesus thing, let's talk about it and leave the human element out. So, John, please, let's clap for them. Thank you very much. So, John says that, and the word, which word? The word I've been talking about always. The word I started with, I said in the beginning was the word and the word that was in the beginning became somebody shall became. became. Shall became. became. We are human beings and philosophically, let me go a bit philosophical. We are human beings, but philosophically we are actually human becomings, not human beings. Because have you realized that you are now older than you were? 
Yes, from yesterday. Yeah. Today you are a day older. You are a day older. Look at the way you dressed, take a nice shower, or took a nice shower, and you came here. In about few hours, you have your system has changed. You don't look as fresh as you. You are you are always becoming somebody different. Look at how much food you ate yesterday. Already, some of you are hungry. So, <laughs> you, you, you ate so much yesterday, but today you are hungry. Why? Because we are always becoming, we are, you are not the same. It is only God who is the being. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today. God does, are, are you following what I'm saying? God does not change. He has never changed. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. He's the same yesterday, today. He has never changed. He's the same forever. God doesn't change. But guess what? In John chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says that God, the word, became. What? When you talk about become, that means that something that you were not. Do you understand? You can't say, um, between yesterday, you met me yesterday and today I've become a pastor. No, I was a pastor when you met me. I haven't become. A pastor now. Now, uh, Doc, Doc can say, I have become a pastor since the time he knew me. Because when he knew me, I wasn't a pastor, so I have become. But now that I, I am a pastor already, you can't see me today, you see me today, and tomorrow you see me say, You have become a pastor. No, I've already. So to become means that you have changed from one state to the other. That's why I say human beings are actually human becomings. Whilst God is the only being, He's the only eternal being, He's the only sovereign being. But what makes the Christmas day a special day is the one who doesn't change became. The word became flesh. So he started to live. God, when Christmas came, on the day of his birth, God became what he has never been. The creator became a creation. That is, that's what makes it different. Now, I want to take you slightly further about this Jesus, who he is. Because I was teaching somewhere yesterday and I, I, the, 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 I spoke about Matthew chapter 2 verse 41. The last question Jesus ever asked human beings or the Pharisees and no one ever did ask him any question because they always ask him questions. Who, why are you doing this miracle? Okay, should we pay tax or not? Um, uh, is it right to heal this person? Moses said we should stone this person. Well, they were always asking him questions and most of it to try and trap him. And after all that, in fact, one lawyer came to him and asked him, what is the biggest, greatest commandment? And then Jesus said, I love the Lord of God with all your... And then he says, the second one is unto it, um, that you, um, you love your neighbor as yourself. And he says that upon this two commandments, hang all the prophets, Matthew chapter 22, verse 30, 38, 39, and 40. And then after all this, Jesus said, okay, I'll also ask you a question. And he asked them a question. The Christ... Whose son is he? If you don't get this answer right, you you will go to hell. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Jesus, he asked them, "What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Whose son? Because from David's time, everybody knew a Messiah was coming. In fact, Isaiah said it." Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, it said, Out of the stem of David shall shoot a branch. 
David, it's coming, it's going to. He said, Isaiah says that there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and out of the branch shall grow out, uh, uh, out of his root. Verse 2. The spirit of the Lord who shall be upon the spirit of counsel, the spirit of mind. So they have always known that it's going to be a son of David. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, that's particular, that's a good one. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, Bible says that, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness. So they always knew, if you're a good student of the Bible or good students of the scriptures, you will definitely know that this Messiah who is coming is a son of David. It's undisputable. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, from verse 12 and 12, 13, and 14, from 12, that's when God told David. Because you see, most people think Jesus is the son of David because David killed Goliath. Wrong. Most people think Jesus is the son of David because David was a very powerful king and he won all battles. Wrong. Most people think Jesus is the son of David because David was a worshiper. Wrong. Jesus became the son of David, or David became the father of the coming Messiah when he said to God, God, I want to build your house. Yeah. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. The very moment it entered his heart that I will build the church, God said, David, I've never asked anybody to do the church work or to build the house, to build the church because the house of God, the church of God is the same, okay? To build the church because the church cannot be built by man. He said, when I brought you from Egypt, I never, I raised leaders and judges. None of them did I ever say, to none of them did I ever say, can you build me a house? David, how come it entered your heart to build me a house? David, you can't be the one to build. You can't build it because man can't build for me. But because it has entered your heart to build my house, he said, David, I'm going to, listen, let's look at this. Oh, he said that when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, when you die, I will set up your seed after, watch this, watch this, say the seed of David. Ah. Say the seed of David. He said, when your work is finished and you are dead, somebody, when you are dead and gone, I'm going to set up a seed, your seed, not your seeds, your seed after you, who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Watch this. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That cannot be Solomon. So students of the prophecy knew that he was talking about something deeper. I'll show you in a minute. He says that I will be uh, I will what? Excuse me. He said, I, do you know what that means? He said, I'll set up your seed after you, but I'll be his father. So whose son is he then? Is it the son of David or the son of the father? He said, yes, for the first time, because this church business has entered your heart, I am going to share a son with you. I'm going to share a son with you. (laughs) We shall be called the son of David. Yet the deeper thing, so those who only know Jesus, 
from Matthew, those who only know Jesus from Luke, or those who only celebrate Christmas based on Mary, Joseph, the baby, the manger, the wise men, the angels, the shepherds, those who celebrate only focus on the son of David. But they miss something deeper. That is why, so from that time, so David didn't become the father of the Messiah because of his conquests, how he killed Goliath. No! Because of his praise and worship. No! Thanksgiving, the David's way is not praise and worship. Thanksgiving, the David's way. Wait, 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 go and read. Second Samuel here. When David has, God has given him rest from verse one. Uh, when God has given him rest from war all around and he has built a house, he called his pastor. He said, Pastor, look at where I live. My house is so comfortable. But the church condition, my house is nicer than church. I don't feel comfortable about it. You want Pastor to raise money before you can sow into God's building project? You are not serious. God is watching you. So David said, look at my house. Nathan, from verse 1 and 2. Nathan, look at where I live. He was dwelling in his house. And the Lord has given him rest from war. Some of you, if God gives you rest, you don't come to church. God has given you rest from war. You are sitting in your house. But when God gave David rest, look at what he said. David called. And the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside the tent of Ketan. It's not right. Church, I don't like the church of God. My house is better than the church condition. No! God's house must be better than my house. Since that is what made David become the, the, the father of the Messiah. It's not his dancing. So excuse me, Joe dancing gurus, you, you back it with certain kind of heart for God's house. <laughs> Can't imagine. You come and dance. Oh, single, single. When the preacher is coming, then you sleep. you should say because it's the word that delivers you <laughs> uh, is someone learning something at all <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is how church I love church I love church hey oh my time let me let me just can I tell you about this <laughs> I said, Nathan, come. Uh, look at my house. And then Nathan said to David, Oh, David. But as soon as Nathan said, left, that night God came to him and said, Go and tell David that he, he can't build for me. I, I like his, his desire. He can't build for me because this one man can do it. He loves me so much, he wants to do things that man can do for me. He wants to do things that only God can do. But God has always had, watch this, oh, watch this, this is where I'm, God has always had a plan, that's why he called Abraham. When he called Abraham, he called Abraham because of the coming Messiah. 
And so the Messiah was supposed to be swimming in the blood of Abraham through Isaac, through Jacob, through Judah, through Perez. And it was swimming. It was swimming. So Judah was prophesied that the scepter would never leave from Judah. So Judah became the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus. That's why Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Revelation 5 5. So Judah, it was prophesied. The thing, oh, listen to, oh, the message I'm trying to preach, I haven't even gotten here. Pastor, the title I wanted to give is You Have Prepared a Body for Me. <laughs> so he started preparing the body for Jesus who has already existed. So when he was born, it's a body prepared for him to come and wear. It's like when the tailor takes a measurement and everything does according to your measurement and, and then or you just wear it. God prepared. And how did he prepare the body? By calling Abraham. And then he started. So, sir, that is why he waited till Abraham could not produce. So Abraham didn't have sperms to impregnate a woman. And the woman didn't have the womb to carry a baby. So they had gone past. Now God said, now I can inject something into you by my word. Yeah. So that is the thing about Abraham. Abraham, two major things about Abraham. One, he had a land, but God said, leave your land. Leave. Leave and go. Where am I going? Just go. Can I have a roadmap? No, I'm your roadmap. As long as you have me, you know where you are going. So according to Hebrews chapter 11, Bible said, Abraham sought for a city who had, which had a foundation, which builder was God. So he didn't, that's why he never settled anywhere fully. We need the Bible. Because God wanted his people, he doesn't want his people to focus on physical things alone. He always wants his people to focus on something beyond this earth. The reason why you are not serving that far, that much in church, is because your eyes are just on earth. But if you lift your eyes above the earth, you will serve better. Pastor, listen, please, listen. I have a problem when pastors just stay on life on earth. Oh, you will get this, you will get this, you will get this, you will get this. It is part of it, but that's not the main thing. We are called to live for heaven a city they they looked forward to a city which had a builder uh, which a foundation which builder was god the heavenly so abraham was landless and he was childless because until if he had a child that's why ishmael came to destroy it so god waited when now he can't produce at all because 99 he was now gone sarah was now gone so before God called Abraham, Sarah was already barren, according to Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 down. Sarah was already barren before God came in. So God came to a childless couple. Because he seems to like people when they are, they are childless. But there's nobody who stayed in the Bible childless, apart from the one who criticized the one who was praising God. So be careful the way you criticize people who are doing God's work. Yeah, you will lack something in life. <laughs> I feel like preaching all. <laughs> so, so he waited, he went for a childless couple and made them landless. So without land, without child, those two things are important. So that the city of God will be their land in future. And then the child of God, the seed of God. So now God waited when they couldn't produce a child. And then he spoke a word. He spoke a word. He spoke a word into Abraham's body. And his body received the strength and, and impregnated Sarah. Sarah also received strength to conceive. 
and bore a child at her when she was past age hebrews 11 11 when she had passed age so in genesis chapter 21 verse 1 2 3 bible said and it came to pass that god did unto sarah as he has said the lord visited sarah and as he has said so the pregnancy was based on a word not on a sperm <laughs> I know some of you didn't get what I said. On a word, it's the word that produced the juice. It was like a new creation. So he created them from nothing. They couldn't have existed. So he proved and Abraham received strength. Sarah, and they gave birth to Isaac. And then Isaac. So the, then the human nature of Jesus started coming into existence. So now it was swimming through Isaac, then it went to Jacob, not Esau, then it went to not Simeon, not even Joseph, not Benjamin, it went through Judah, then it Perez. I mean, Perez, the, the mother was a prostitute. Not, she played the harlotry. So how come he went into a woman who has played harlotry and he gave birth through incest? So <laughs> Perez was Judah's own he was supposed to be his grandson, but it's this kind of, yeah, it says the whole thing is, your grandson becomes your son. <laughs> and yet, watch this, the life, the human life of Jesus swam through that. So according to, can we do Matthew a bit? I'll come back to, look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. The, Jesus Christ, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of who? David. The son of Abraham. It starts from Abraham. But if he has to, it has to pass through David for it to be valid. Because there are many sons of Abraham. The son of David. Then listen to what he said. Abraham, go. Abraham begot Isaac. So he went through Isaac. Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, Judah. Judah, Judah, Judah Perez. Perez, Hezron. Hezron, Ram. Ram, Abinadab. Abinadab, uh, Nashbon. Nashbon, Salmon. By, by, by Salmon, by Rahab. Simon married Rahab. The second woman whose name was mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Why didn't they even mention Sarah? Did he say Abraham and Sarah? No. Why didn't he mention Rebecca? Rebecca was an amazing person. Sarah had great record in heaven to the extent that when the New Testament was advising wives, they said, like Sarah called my husband Lord, first Peter chapter two, three. So if you are talking about women, then you should add Sarah. But Bible says, no, I don't want to mention Sarah. It's not necessary. But mention Tama. Tama. He, she tricked her father-in-law to sleep with. See, when a woman is looking for you, be careful. You some of you guys. Then the second person to come in is Rahab. A, a pro, all this, pastor, all the women who were mentioned, the six, five women, sorry, five women were mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Every one of them has something to do with sexual something. Yeah. Can I show you? Tama. Uh, he went and slept with a father-in-law. Two, Rahab, prostitute. And he was not a Jew. Three. Then they mentioned the third one, um, uh, Ruth. He's a Moabite. Did you know who a Moabite? The Moabite is after they came, um, uh, 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 Lot. They came out from Sodom and Gomorrah. Their wonder was Lot's wife. You know, Jesus remember Lot. She became a pillar of salt. So the girls felt, hey, we are growing up. We need someone to give us a child. So they got their father to drink and now intense. They slept with their father at the time they were fertile. And they got pregnant. So they gave birth to Amnon and Moab. So the Moabites, they are cursed. 
according to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3. He said the Moab, and he says that they will never be in a, to the 10th generation. Moabites. And how come some, a generation that came through some people's TV with their father, God decides to pick somebody from there and add it to the, that, 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 that human, human nature that was being prepared. The human nature that was being prepared. Come, come. So it's like, this is Abraham. He's being prepared. And then he's, then he, he sees this one, ask this one. Hold the hand. And then he's, then he comes to this one, ask you. Then he comes to this one, ask you. Like that. So it is a trail. And God was intentional and particular about what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. But why must he add Rehab? To let you know that he also came to save sinners. Why must he add Ruth? Ruth is a Gentile. He's a pagan worshiper. He came to save those also who are not Jews and who are on the other side. So when it comes to the, the bloodline of Jesus, we all have a part in it. We are all there. Clap for Jesus. God bless you. Please go back to your seats. Sit down, let me finish. Sit down, let me finish. Are you learning something? Yes. It's a lot, isn't it? It's too much for one Christmas message. <laughs> so, let me finish. I need to finish this thing. So, um, I'm talking about the genealogy of Jesus. Then, the third woman, it bash, the fourth woman is Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Someone say Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Ah! I'm talking about Matthew chapter 1. I think verse 4 and 5. Bathsheba. David gave birth to Solomon through Bathsheba. Matthew chapter 1. Please put it on the screen. Bathsheba. Go verse 4. Verse 5. Verse 5. King David was born. And then after King David was born, uh, Jesse, eh? let's go verse 6. David the king. He's the only one who was called the king in the line of Jesus. But there are a lot of other kings. Solomon was also king. But it's only David is the king. Other people are not the king. Excuse me. The king. Begot Solomon by her who had been Uriah's wife. Think about it. Think about it. No, no, please, please, please think about it. You are talking about Jesus' genealogy. He said, David, Solomon, David gave birth to Solomon by her who had been somebody's wife. thinking about it why give give us someone who david actually was his original wife of david but he was Bathsheba. that's why they mentioned her name she was Bathsheba there Bathsheba this name there are only five women who were mentioned and all of them first four of them were not good at all Bathsheba had a daughter's affair with david slept with when she was married and slept with somebody's husband and she was somebody's wife slept and then the man killed her husband he said no come and be my wife and she was happy and did it and god the child they gave birth after they married god said okay this one not the one before they married okay before marriage is a different story altogether please uh, remember those of you who are doing the before marriage thing can I preach? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Bathsheba, 
So you are talking about Tamar, you are talking about Rahab, you are talking about Ruth, you are talking about Bathsheba, and all this God was using it to prepare a body according to um, um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. A body that has prepared for me. So when the baby arrived, it's a prepared body. And Jesus came into, he said that when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings you did not want, but a body you have prepared for me. How did he prepare the body? From Abraham. It was swimming, it was swimming, it was swimming. Then he got to Mary. And so by the time Mary was giving birth, Mary had to be in the line of David because that thing was swimming. And that's why David came in because David said, Lord, I'll build you a house. God said, because you have done this, I'm going to share the one who is going to build my house. The God man, I'm going to share him with you because he's going to be my son and he'll also be your son. And so when they came, Jesus came to the Pharisees and he asked them, and the, the, the scribes, he says that the, the Messiah, whose son is, is he? You know what? They didn't get it. So do you know how they answered? Do you remember where I started from? In Matthew chapter 22, verse 41. He said, the, the Christ, whose son is it? It's a big question. I told you that if you don't have that answer to the question, you'll go to hell. I'll explain it. If you, so if you are Christmas and you are saying, little donkey, uh, what are some of the Christians? Oh, oh, little child of Bethlehem, how still we see the light. <laughs> Do you know the baby you are talking, singing about? If you don't know whose son is he, he is, and you think it's only Mary's child, you are going to hell. <laughs> That's a very deep thing I've said. It takes some people a little while. To get it, not now, maybe later. Listen to me, take it now. Watch this. Why am I saying that? Because you are only talking when you see Jesus from the Pharisees' point of view and the scribes' point of view, who was the son of David. There is one aspect of the equation he is not only a son of David, he's not only a son of David. Because when the very moment God told David, your son is going to build me a house, he said, he shall be my son. I'll be his father. So David is not the only one who owns the right title to the, the fatherhood. At the same time, he's also the seed of Abraham. Why? Because the thing, the things are just swimming from Abraham. That's why Matthew 1 1. Look at Matthew 1 1. No, sorry, Matthew 1 1. Matthew 1 1, quickly. Matthew 1 1. Jesus Christ, the general of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I explain why he's the son of Abraham. And I've explained why he's the son of David. Because Abraham he didn't have a seed, God gave it to him. David, David decided to build God's house. And God said, Because you want to build my church, I'm going to make sure whoever is going to build must, must come from you. That's why David and Abraham are so important. That, that, does that make sense? It's a lot. Later, you can listen to the message, okay? Let me end. Let me end. So, what am I saying? Whose son is Jesus? Then the Pharisees said, he's the son of Matthew chapter 22. Look at it. Saying, what do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? They said unto him, son of David. Everybody knows. It's natural. And yeah, that, they are right. But David, Jesus asked them a question. He said to them, how then does David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, they quoted Psalm. The Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand till I make your enemies your food. So, verse 45. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? 
That's Jesus' question. Look at the next verse. And no one was able to answer him a word. No! From that day on did anyone dare ask him any question. He silenced them with this eternal question. Jesus, whose son? The body that has been prepared that you are seeing, whose son is he? If you only see him in human terms and celebrate the historicity of Jesus because he was born in Bethlehem, you have only got half of the picture and that picture does not save. So when he asked Peter, who do men say I am? Peter said, thou, Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Until you acknowledge that he is the son of God, you can never be saved. That's, that's the point I'm making. That's what I'm trying to make. Until you know that this Jesus we are celebrating who is, has been a baby, until you know that he's actually from God, he's the, his origin is God, he has always been before everything, and he will be after everything. In him we live and move and have our being. Until you acknowledge that this is the son of God, God himself coming amongst men, Emmanuel, Jesus said you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. Matthew one twenty one. for he shall save his people from their sins until you recognize that this is God man who has come on earth to save us from sin your sins cannot be forgiven and if your sins are not forgiven hell is your home hell is not for people who have committed sins hell is for people who are not the sons of God how can you become a child of God as many verse 12 John 1 12 for as many as believed in him he gave them the right to become for as many but as many as receive him to them, uh, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in to those who believe in his name so in first John chapter 5 verse 10 and 11 and 12 it says that God has given us the witness that Christ Life is in Christ. First 12 said, e, anyone who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. That means that until you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you don't have that life of God. And if you don't have the life of God, you are not saved. And if you are not saved, I know you are enjoying Christmas. I know you believe in the story. So you know there are people who go to church, they believe in the story about Jesus. They believe in everything, but they have not received him as the son of God who dies to save him. And that will make them candidate of hell that that is all I'm trying to say but I've said it in so many ways that first of all his human nature was actually inspired by God through Abraham he swim through the line of David and he arrived when he arrived in the manger Bethlehem now human flesh down that flesh the body that has been prepared God the word the word became flesh so the word now took the flesh and wrapped him and was born and started to eat started to live started to cry started to laugh started to dance started to love love people and he became a full human being 30 30 years old 33 years old and he died on the cross so his blood can save you and I and in conclusion Bible says that the book of John Jesus did so many John chapter 20 verse 30 Jesus did so many things so many things and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book why the next verse so but these are written 
that you might believe that Jesus is Christ what? Yes. Listen to what I'm trying to say. And in believing, ye might have life through his name. So until you, what are you supposed to believe? I believe in Jesus. In what way? That he is the son of God. Until you believe that he's actually the son, that's where Islam begins to have a problem. Jesus no, God cannot have a son. Yeah, I can understand because you can't move into that realm. Jehovah witness. No, no, no. Jesus is not God. That's where your problem is. That's why you can't be saved. And it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit and faith in Jesus to believe that what, not that he lived, but just, not that he just lived, just, not that he just was born by a Virgin Mary, but you believe that he is the one who died on the cross. The Son of God came and lived a human life, died in your place so you can live in his place. Until you get that, you cannot be saved. That's why Jesus told Peter, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Man cannot teach you this. Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. And as I'm teaching, the Holy Spirit will be revealing it to you that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Lord. Somebody shout, Jesus is Lord. Shout, Jesus is Lord. That's the Christmas message. A body you have prepared for me. So that when I'm ready to come, I just wear the body. And people may see me as an ordinary human being. But the Bible says, in him dwells the fullness of God. <laughs> he is the fullness of God. But the, the word became flesh. And we saw the glory. Mark, John 1, 14. The word became flesh. And we saw the glory. John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld the glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Fullness dwelt in him. What fullness are we talking about? The fullness of the grace of God. The fullness of the truth of God dwelt in him. My brothers and sisters, until we stop celebrating Christmas like unbelievers and begin to celebrate the Son of God who came and died and saved us and for which reason we have to do the church work, we haven't done justice to Christmas. Look past just the human baby and see God eternal. Unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Priest of Peace. Did you receive something? (laughs) We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.